Hi everyone, I'm George. And I'm Charlotte. And you are now listening to the Talking About podcast by Maison de Chou. <laughs> Our guest on the Talking About podcast this week is Emmy Howe, who in 2012 was diagnosed with breast cancer and beat it. Emmy is a body therapist and has been for 16 years, helping a lot of people who are suffering from or who have suffered with cancer, using her own experience to improve her therapy. She started Body Quality in a bid to change the perception of how bodies are represented in the media, as well as how the use of research can improve things going forward. She hasn't always had the words to describe what it is she was feeling, but as the climate shifts positively towards a more open and honest world, she has discovered the language is there and everyone is beginning to use it. When she was initially diagnosed with cancer, she did a series of photo shoots, nine in total, documenting her recovery on an Instagram account called The Cancer Nude. She's been involved with a campaign for breast cancer awareness with Marks and Spencer, which was a pivotal moment for her and led her to speak on loose women about bodies and how the process of recovering from cancer has given her a lot more respect for the human body. She feels more loyal to it. She won the Body Therapist of the Year Award and works with companies, delivering workshops and speeches, as well as creating resources, ranging from picture books to workplace body image training. She says, there's always a reason for these things, and you can either use it for your gain, or you can let it absorb you, and I guess that's a big choice. A choice on how you can grow out of the situation. So welcome to the Talking About podcast, Emmy Howe. Cool. Yeah, I'll start by asking how you're feeling today. How are you feeling? Mostly fine. Pretty Mostly. good, actually. I sat on the train, sun was shining. Yeah. I think sometimes... Um, uh, there's a thing about feeling happy that can feel really vulnerable. Yes. I almost have to kind of steel myself to allow that feeling of being okay and happy. And yeah. they're so rare, those little glimpses or of, you know, just like everything's going okay and everything's all right and everyone's looked after and yeah. I haven't really got masses to do. I'm sort of at a hiatus in my project at the minute, so... I was sort of surrounded by three other people, like furiously tapping away on laptops, and I was like, <laughs> sit and stare out the window, <laughs> enjoy the sunshine, and you know, be in the moment. And and then you almost pinch yourself. It's like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. panic that it's or, not going to be there for long. Yeah, yeah. do what I do, which is think I'm happy. This isn't right. Let's think of something to make me unhappy. Generally, <laughs> what happens? And no. after about five minutes, I'm like, oh no, this is. <laughs> I'm in an anxious mess. But that's good. It's it's weird because it's kind of. Um, it's hard to sustain. Yeah, it is. It's, hard, it? it's, it's almost harder. That's why I think yeah. it's, it's harder to be happy. Um, well, it shouldn't be that hard to be happy. Well. Because we feel like when you're happy, there's something... I, f- I feel like when you're happy, there's something that should be... Part of you is thinking something's going to go wrong. Something's got... To, why am I happy? You know, and then you start thinking too much. Or I certainly do anywhere. And finding things that I think, oh, yeah, that's it. That's what I need to do. And kind of... But I don't know. Do you ever feel bored? Feel bored? Feeling happy? Because feeling happy is kind of a it's kind of a a, a still thing or mm. a quiet or a contentment yeah. contentment thing. Yeah. And sometimes I think you want stress. Not so much stress, but just distraction. Or oh, yeah, I want to do something. I, asked, I want to be I challenged. Asked Mom this the other day because we're as like an artist or a musician or someone creative. I I don't know if it applies to everyone, but Sometimes it's easier to be super creative when you feel like shit. Yes. That sounds bad. No, but that's, I get A that. lot of the songs that are written or the art that's made or the books that are written come, from, are come from the darkest place. Or even the opposite, like real excitement yeah. or like real passion yeah. uh-huh. as well. Yeah. And sometimes... Like we wrapped on on one of my projects on Monday night and I was full of adrenaline. I was so buzzing, excited. I can't say that I felt really that good. Mm. It was like wired and, but great. Um, It was Dave in his book. He talks about the the closeness of stress and excitement is quite a a fine line, isn't it? I think I I, I I thrive on stress a little bit because almost when I'm, so I, I obviously out and about, but I also have to do the admin and stuff at home, which is my bedroom, bedroom office, <laughs> and two days maximum. After the third day in there, I am 
pulling my hair out. I can't do it. I need something to keep me going. Some yeah. something to go wrong. Something stressful to be in London. <laughs> a challenge. Yeah, a challenge. Something to keep because I'm I'm very hyperactive. I think I've got some sort of ADD or something because I'm hyperactive. I'm annoying. I'm sort of bubbly, energetic. Always need to be doing something. Always fiddling. And I part of me is when I'm calm and relaxed, and I think this this is not what I want to be doing. I'm yeah. always busy, and I wonder if it's because if I if I am if I slow down, my mind thinks too much. So I have to keep doing stuff to to occupy it. I don't know if that's yeah. necessarily a good thing, but it's me. Mm. I've kind of accepted it. <laughs> I think there's also, I was reading a post this morning on Instagram by Gina Martin. Um, she's campaigned uh, widely and changed the law about, uh, she. it's made upskirting illegal. Oh, yeah. oh really? And yeah, yeah. She's fantastic to follow on Instagram, actually. She has a really great account. And... Um, this morning she was saying about how she's having to challenge herself because when she's not working, she feels guilty. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think as, a, as an activist, as a campaigner specifically, um, it's very, very difficult to not to be doing nothing. Mm. And if you've got a history of, you know, raising awareness and almost you feel a, a responsibility to it, then you do feel like you need to be doing it all the time. Yeah. It's hard, it is hard to switch off from it. Yeah. I think that's like... Well, I don't know about you, George, but where I've got a normal day job or a couple of normal day jobs and then I'm working on my music separately, I feel like if I ever have a day off, I'm like, I should be doing something. Mm-hmm. I should be working harder here. Yeah. Or That's really enjoying well. it. Yeah. Like, and then the pressure to enjoy it is Yeah, too yeah, much. yeah. It's <laughs> almost too much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's mental. Oh God. Um, so, but you're feeling good, which is good. I'm feeling yeah. good today. Thank good. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, your initial diagnosis. Um, what happened? Um, well, I'd obviously made a pact with God that it wasn't going to be cancer, so it was quite a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't really worried about it because obviously yeah. you'd made the pact, so it was fine. <laughs> I'm not really a religious person, but <laughs> um, I'd had a I'd had a lump before, so I really genuinely wasn't that worried. <laughs> um, and I think that probably helped me to not freak out yeah. that much at the time. Um, the other thing was that my two year old was on my knee, so it was just all a bit like. La la la, okie dokie then. <laughs> and like, yeah. um, I had to ring my husband and, you know, ask him to come out of work. And initially, he'd forgotten where I was or why I was going anywhere because it really <laughs> wasn't a thing. <laughs> I know, yeah. I had to kind of say, I said, Can you come out of work? He was like, uh, No. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah, why? <laughs> yeah. I was like, Well, <laughs> um, I'm at the hospital mm. and it's not really gone the way we hoped. <laughs> it's all yeah. quite lighthearted at this time. But uh, my my kind of uh, consultant was, uh, and he made me kind of say the words. He was like, what are you on about? And I just said, you know, I've got breast cancer. Um, and the consultant at that point was like, she understands now. Because up, up until that point, she'd only used the word tumour. And I think she, yeah. and my face hadn't changed and my demeanour yeah. hadn't changed until I was like, right, okay. And then, yeah, rang him and he did come out of work <laughs> um, and, and take the baby. So, so yeah, that's where it started. Um, I My immediate thought was, I'm going to get a rest. Um, oh, really? Which is a bit of a scary yeah. thing that, I, that that was where I went to mm. first. I didn't, I, I wasn't kind of like worried for my life particularly. Yeah. Um, and... I remember thinking Kylie's fine, mm-hmm. so everything's yeah. going to be fine. I'll do a Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. true. And then you had your obviously went through the whole journey and of beating it. I have. Um, you are a body therapist. I am. Which can you explain to us a little bit more about body therapy yeah, and what cute. kind of what it is and what it entails? Yeah, so it's just basically body massage therapy. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, a massage therapist. Okay, um, that's been my job, my career really for the last seventeen years. Um, but it's changed an awful lot yeah. since um, I've been ill. Um, in that it really does kind of border more on the therapy side than just the mm-hmm. physical therapy. It's you know, it's kind of. I deal a lot now with people who have a cancer diagnosis with people who are going through chemo, but with lots and lots of other, um, conditions as well. Um, 
I think there was almost like a, a little bit of me that would have beforehand been too afraid mm. to kind of deal with lots of different kind of disorders or, or conditions. Whereas now I'm kind of a lot more open to just being really candid and talking and finding out more about people's health and conditions and and that kind of thing so yeah it's it's now a very varied kind of practice did you um, have um did you have people that suffered i don't like to say suffered well I was de- just... were dealing with conditions before no that's what's funny is it was kind of a business based on luxury yeah. It was mm-hmm. never something Indulgen- that yeah. Indul- mm-hmm. indulgence, indulgence, yeah, yeah. Um it was never something that was really um you know a health um sort of necessity. Mm. Whereas now, I mean I I see it as a health necessity and a lot of my clients do because yeah. it helps manage their conditions. Things like fibromyalgia, MS, um cerebral yeah. palsy, um yeah, lots and lots and lots of different kind of so ways that it helps do you find i mean i apologize if this sounds sort of a, a bit sort of forward but you obviously work with other people that are going through cancer mm-hmm. is it hard to kind of work with them and some of them you know terminal because obviously thinking of your own mental health you come home and you know like as a nurse would they're dealing with people that are ill all the time does it drain you at all or, or do you feel because you're helping them it's a responsibility or i'm just curious surrounding the idea of um, looking after yourself at the same time it's a really good question. Mm. Yes, uh, some of them are terminal. Um, I have lost clients as well. Um, I think I like to feel the full range of human emotion. Mm. So it would be weird for me not to be moved by yeah. by that. What I really love, though, is seeing how different people cope with yeah. that diagnosis and and seeing that seeing that there is such a spectrum of um kind of responses almost um but yeah yeah and and I do switch off from it actually I do find I can switch off a bit there are times where it is that extra thing of you know when you like oh you know things aren't going so well there's mm. this and there's that and there's the other and there's also, this other thing that's going on that every week, you know, as I'm yeah. giving treatment, I'm sort of pulled back into. And it's, it is another thing to manage. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't say it over, ever overwhelms me. Mm. Do you think that um, you have opened up more to the, the people's emotions and stuff since you've been through cancer? Or were you always quite open in that sense? I think I've got braver. Mm. I've always been open. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've realised recently, I've always been happy to be quite vulnerable yeah. myself. But I've always been wary of not kind of making other people feel vulnerable, yeah. if, that's what, if, if you see what I mean. Um, whereas now, I will ask that candid question. Mm. And maybe that is also a bit to do with my age yeah. Mm. as well, that I feel a bit more like I can ask those sort of questions yeah. and because of what I've been through, yeah. people kind of understand that I have where, where <laughs> my motivation for asking that question might come mm. from. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really interesting point, actually. I, I think the older you get, you, you kind of, not, not careless, that doesn't really put it in the right way, but you start thinking it's okay to ask those questions you're younger you're very everyone's very sensitive when they're younger which is um, yeah but it's bizarre because when you're when you're 3 or when you can talk <laughs> you ask whatever you want oh, and yeah. you've got absolutely no worry about it as soon as you get up, you go through a few years so period, where you yeah. you're like oh my god i can't do that and then you mm-hmm. get to a certain age and you're like wow i'm just going to ask it yeah it's almost i think you full can full circle really it is yeah it is full circle um i think you go through that phase of learning how to conduct yourself mm. when you become self-aware. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think what we're kind of saying and, and kind of this, I mean, my background is in body image. There's that, that thing about 81% of 10-year-old girls are afraid of being fat. 81%. 81%. 10-year-old girls? 10-year-old girls are afraid of being fat. And it's at that age, 8, 9, 10, where they're starting to see themselves yeah. not just existing but seeing themselves from the outside looking yeah, in yeah. 
Um, and so it starts there and, and yeah, it must get to, I don't know how old to, or, or what you have to go through. Some yeah. people maybe never get to the point of, mm. of feeling more kind of open and wanting to almost, you know, pick through your own emotional yeah. <laughs> uh, layers, I suppose. Mm. It's, um, it's a very personal thing. Some people do want to, some people don't want to. And I suppose at that age you start to, it's that sort of age where you see, um, you start to be aware of things, the way society makes people feel as well, if you're a certain yeah. weight or a yeah. certain height. or. And I wonder, we now live in an, an age that I think we're afraid of offending anyone with anything we say. So we can't yeah. even say anything at all. Yeah. And a lot of people are now, you know, I'm the same. I'm, I actually, I don't have any filters, so I kind of upset <laughs> a lot of people, but not 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 badly. But there yeah, are people or purposefully. that say, "Oh, I don't, I don't, no, no offense," but <laughs> and then, and then yeah, then offend you. you. <laughs> That's so typical, <laughs> isn't it? Whenever I hear that phrase, I'm always a bit yeah. like, oh, but "Yeah, you know, just what's say coming? It. You know, if you're going to offend me, you're obviously going to offend or not offend me." But we, yeah, yeah I wonder if now we're, we're in a society where. People don't speak about anything because they're afraid of saying anything. Mm. Um, or afraid of saying the wrong thing. Saying, yeah. And how do you approach that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been dealing a lot with that. With the, um, I'm creating a body image awareness program for the workplace. We've interviewed 20 different people and got kind of a, a, a wide kind of representation of diversity. Yeah. And one thing that comes out is kind of, it depends what's behind the intention of the comment. Um, so on the one hand, it's like, how do you talk to someone about their difference? Well, you don't, you know, people want to be integrated and, um, you know, and, and seen as anybody else. Um, but on the other hand, then like you say, then there's no conversation. There's no mm. understanding. We can't understand what there was one, um, gentleman who, is of Sikh culture background and all the rest of it. And he says, you know, people had right. said to him, um, you know, either they'll wax lyrical about India or talk to him about Indian food. And it's like, <laughs> that's our one kind of point of reference yeah. to speak to this human being. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there not anything else you no. could talk yeah, about? Do you know true. what I mean? And, 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 and whilst it's not intended to be racist, because the intention was pure, the intention was a good intention. Mm. Um, it's it's seeing, it's having tolerance and compassion yeah. from both sides to understand that we're trying to have a conversation, however clunky or yeah. <laughs> disjointed or rubbish yeah. it is. Yeah. I suppose people have a different. <clears throat> <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> um, different levels of trying to relate to people. So for <laughs> so for some people. They're, like you just said, they're coming from a pure place, but for someone who's probably heard that 30 million times already, yeah. it might Fed up. come across the different, yeah. in a different way. And get their backs up. Yeah. Just, and, and, and just knowing that that's a thing. Yeah. You know, we could do with talking about that so that people stop doing yeah, it. People have lots, uh, so many different levels of awareness as well for things like that as well. Yeah. And we're seeing it. Did you, did you see the Lawrence Fox thing recently? Are no. you aware of that? No. Uh, he was on Question Time. And I speak carefully about this because I have been speaking to someone and it upset them. And I thought, oh, gosh, I better be careful. But he was talking, someone was asking his opinion on Labour, the Labour government. And they were asking him about um, who he'd, who the next leader could be or who he'd like to see as the next leader. Obviously, Lawrence Fox is an actor, very good sort of genes in the acting world. And, um, and he said, I don't know who it was, but he said, the man, a man. And there was a, there was a lady next to him and she kind of looked at him furiously on this, and he and she said, none of the four women that are going for it then. And he just went, oh my god! And he kind of just went, oh my god! Any of the four women then? And it, you could see that he thought, I just think you don't have an opinion. Do you start losing an opinion when you get to that level? Or this yeah, is going yeah, kind yeah. of going back to that? Are we allowed to say anything that we think? You know, he didn't. Yeah, he got, he got sort of bitten yeah. at. It has to be so. Yeah kind of um Peace, yeah. P yeah pc, PC almost PC. that you're not allowed an opinion and, yeah. and does it matter if i have an actual opinion yeah, yeah it, it, it went, can i mean it potentially damaged his career or made it better i don't know um but you obviously now run body quality mm -hmm. bod 
E quality, um, which is really cool. Um, what's it about? Yeah. Sort of how does it help people? And you work with companies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, body quality is the idea of you know just trying to remove body bias from our culture really it's not not too much of a big job obviously <laughs> not an enormous undertaking yeah. um you know I'm just going to chip away f- f- at it for my lifetime and see where I get to <laughs> yeah, um but yeah it's all about um just trying to kind of break down stigmas around people's bodies basically where it started as a campaign the campaign kind of nosedived um it didn't get anywhere near the 10,000 signatures that it needed. It got okay. 900 and something, which I still feel is a win because, you know, that's still yeah, 900. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Um, and it kind of left me with um, a sense of why has this happened and um, and what next? So the, the reason that it didn't work, in my opinion, is because, broadly speaking, people don't realise how much body image impacts us negatively mm-hmm. um, from in lots of different ways, you know, academically, socially, sexually, parentally. There are, it's kind of multi-layered throughout society. There are astonishing statistics that suggest that 30% of adults um, have felt so stressed out about their body image as to be unable to cope linked to depression, self-harm, suicidal thoughts. And it's a, it, for me, it's a big area of mental health. It's a big kind of subject that we could be really unpicking and, yeah. and just having frank conversations to help, you know, understand. Um, so now I go into businesses or, um, you know, I have a body, like this body image awareness training program where a lot more people can be reached and can understand about what body image is and how it might be impacting their life. So say, for example, the statistic that for 95% of women, it's physically impossible to achieve the thin ideal body. Yes. <laughs> like, just knowing that could just take a whole load of weight yeah. off lots of women's shoulders. Mm. Like, And then we could actually look at a different kind of health through a different lens that actually deals in, you know, supporting our bodies, feeling loyal towards our bodies, mm. actually respecting them instead yeah. of the current narrative, which is just like, my body's not good enough. Yeah. I need to be this. I need to be that. I'm not enough. I'm not, you know, mm. I want to be different. I don't want to be me. I'm self-rejecting. I'm criticizing, judging. Such a lot goes into um, into it. So, yeah. Do you think... I wanted to reach the masses and this is the way that I figured I would. (laughs) Do you think that um, the, maybe not the majority, but a lot of it comes down to what's plastered everywhere every day in society. So um, subconsciously, yeah, walking past stores or magazines or... Yeah, so my campaign in the first instance was all about... Trying to get the Advertising Standards Authority to change their codes so that adverts could no longer basically thin wash or yeah. just just have thin people in adverts. Mm. I want to see a massive range of lots of diversity, lots of different shapes, tall, short, wide, narrow. Just I, I want to see society reflected back to me mm-hmm. in my society (laughs) (laughs) i've become really aware of mannequins in shops recently i've started to notice it even more i've gone into a shop and thought that's ridiculous how thin is that and and the kind of i think i'm not even that thin you know i'm not exactly uh, i'm not big boned i'm this is my metabolism but it's um (laughs) and i thought that is outstandingly small do you know what percentage of female mannequins are so small as to be unhealthy i.e unable to have periods if they were real humans 60 percent, 100 percent, 100 100 that is bonkers do you know how many men mannequins are so thin as to be underweight eight 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 yeah, percent because they do generally that's why i'm always staggered okay so i have a controversial question oh, yeah. what is your opinion now mm. so that's that end what mm. is your opinion on the obese End of the spectrum. This is, this is a... In terms of mannequins or just in general? Just in general. Just in ge- do you think we're going... I mean, this is straying into very dangerous waters. It is. But, um, 
do you think we've now gone too far with people being unhealthily or overweight obese, saying it's okay to be this weight because is, is that is that the same it's as like being too the end, thin two ends of the spectrum isn't or being it? too large I mean, that's a really hard... You, if you don't want to answer, you don't have to answer. Oh, no, I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I'm staring into space trying to figure out where I want to start. It's, yeah. it's, it's a strong view because I'm so supportive of um, people owning their body image. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they start taking up two seats. I, I do believe, and I would say this to anybody, that there is an unhealthy point you can get to on both ends of the spectrum. You can be too thin and you can be too large, clinically unhealthily overweight. Um, so I just wondered what your opinion was. Yeah, my opinion is I've got a number. So I think I've got about three opinions on, the, <laughs> on this answer. So my first answer would be um, we don't need to worry about it mm-hmm. as yeah. individuals. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. We, I don't need to worry <laughs> about somebody matter, else's yeah. body. Yeah, is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Is that I don't need to worry about anybody else's body. Mm-hmm. They need to worry about it. So socially, we need to give them that ownership back. Yeah, because that's okay. part of the problem. Uh-huh. Secondly, I would say, if it's physically impossible for someone to lose weight, mm-hmm. it's really unhealthy for them to be self-rejecting and. Um, yeah. and, and worrying about it. Uh-huh. And the, the third thing is that a lifetime spent feeling inadequate because of it is a lifetime wasted. Mm-hmm. So aside from anything else, I, I want to take that away from people. Yeah, I want to take that pain and that anguish and, and, and all of the layers that go into... Mm-hmm. Um, this issue for people I I wish I could make it just a lot more simple what the research shows is that um you know issues around body image can increase negative dieting practices and Mm -hmm. can decrease getting out and exercising because of how we all feel about our bodies if you don't want to be seen to be in the swimming pool you don't want to be seen in lycra you don't want to go to the gym because you feel like it's alienated you um, but by the same token, there's no pressure from me to do any of those things for anyone else yeah. because it's none of my business. Yeah, that's so true. I, I, what you just said about the gym and stuff um, reminded me of a time when, when <laughs> I think, I don't know what I saw. It was online, though, and someone was um, putting someone down who was in the gym Yeah, who was larger than they were. And I just thought, you can't, you can't tell people they need to go to the gym and then take the piss out of them when they're at the gym mm-hmm. for trying to, I mean, maintain their weight or get fitter. Mm. Um, so I think you're completely right when you say it's none of our business. Do people actually do anything in the gym now? I'll just take photos. <laughs> a lot of people take <laughs> Lots of selfies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, work when you go to the gym, oh, I do 10 minutes on the treadmill and go. <laughs> but also there's a, there's a real kind of panic at the minute you know um kind of media panic around obesity yeah obesity's been around forever mm-hmm. there's kind of a bell a bell-shaped curve on the bmi scale of, of how kind of populations fit in yeah and it doesn't change it's shifted upwards which is good news because the thin people are not as thin Oh, okay. So it's good news at that mm-hmm. end. So this bell curve has, has, has shifted up and it's shifted up alongside people becoming A, more affluent mm-hmm. and B, taller. Really? Honestly, since <laughs> the 1920s. So there's not like a sudden spike yeah, of yeah, obesity. It used to be really small. That's weird. Yeah. Well, that's my card. It obviously stopped at me. <laughs> I don't know what... I don't know. Actually, that is a really... If you go back in history, I don't know... Because cars were really small, mm-hmm. people were really small, obviously. Everything's doors. getting bigger. Everything, everything's <laughs> getting bigger. What? what the hell is happening? That's, <laughs> that's weird, isn't but it? But that bell curve has only shifted. Yeah. There's not a huge obesity spike at the end no. of it. It's like um, another thing for the media, I suppose, to yeah. get their teeth the media, into. We? Yeah. We do love a panic. Massive oh, yeah. It's going to be coronavirus, isn't oh, it? Oh, wow. Um, um, yeah, so w- when you were going through... Uh, your breast cancer, you started something called the Cancer Need on Instagram. What inspired you 
and when did you think this is I'm going to do this? That, that is a bold, quite <laughs> it bold is. thing, to, very <laughs> cool thing to do, and surprisingly hasn't been taken down when other things do get taken. No, down. and do you know what? Now I've noticed that it will that my images will um, will get taken down, and then when I um, kind of what's the word? Um, no, um, contest it. Contest, contest it. it. Yeah. Um, they then obviously then a human because what I love about it is that um, an algorithm takes it. Down. An algorithm picks up my Slags nipples, which aren't real nipples, <laughs> yeah. which I, which I'm very proud of the fact yeah. that the algorithm yeah, is actually picking true. up the nipples, <laughs> takes it down, and then a human will obviously check out what it actually is and see the the benefit oh, to it, and then put it back up. So that's kind of how it's it's going at the minute. It hasn't always been like that. Some some things were just taken down and left down, but I think maybe Instagram's kind of switching on a bit to how helpful that can be for people. So. Um, to begin with, it wasn't called the cancer nude. It was called um, Mummy One Boob. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the problem is that now I only I don't have any boobs, so I I couldn't call it that anymore. <laughs> okay. So it was originally its original incarnation was Mummy One Boob, and now it's the cancer nude. And um, I started it twenty days. My first shoot was twenty days after my first surgery. And, um, but the idea had formed before then because <clears throat> I'd, um, I'd met this fabulous photographer, a lady called Jane Briscoe Price, uh, based up in Cheshire like me, who specialised in women and children, photog- ch- photography for women and children. And um, I thought, I just wonder if she would want to do this project with me and put it to her. And the reason was because... I wanted to know what this was going to look like. Yeah. No, what I hadn't realised is, yes, there's a before and an after, um, a mastectomy, mm. but there's actually a real kind of uh, process to yeah. it. So now I've had four operations. I've obviously lots of different chemos and um, and I wanted to see the end result. I, w- I just wanted that shot of someone yeah. with kind of a reconstructed chest where I could look at it and go... I'm going to be all right with that. Yeah. That'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But even through the process as well of, um, and I'm not quite sure that the cancer nude necessarily achieves that. What I'm really scared about is that the cancer nude is scary, that the images can be scary. Mm. Because, but what you can't see through the images is that when you have breast surgery, all your nerves are cut. Yeah. So it looks like it should hurt. Mm, but it but really doesn't. doesn't. It looks bruised and it looks sore. And so much of it wasn't painful yeah. in the way that it looks really painful. But just that kind of um, what am I going to look like Yeah. question. Well, I wanted to have a reference Document so that people it, could yeah. Yeah. go, oh, okay, so I'm gonna, I've got to prepare this, myself. Yeah, I'm going to look like that. So you've, had, so, that, so you've had a double mastectomy, right? I have now, yeah. Um, I was talking to mum about this the other day. I don't know why we were on to this conversation. I think we were talking about Angelina Jolie, maybe. But some people opt out of having that, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, was it a hard decision for you to make? Or did you? was it just like a bit of a no-brainer? Um, it was quite a hard decision because there are actually quite a few different options. Mm. And surgeons and consultants can't really tell you what to yeah. do. <laughs> and really, you just want someone who knows yeah. to tell you what to do. Um, and also, I, I was mindful that in certain situations, uh, surgeons might be a little bit knife happy <laughs> and want to do what they want to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it did take time mm. um, and, and a, a, quite a bit of research. I met with people who'd had sort of different yeah. surgeries. So some people have like their tummies used or their inner thigh uh-huh. to kind of recreate the, oh, really? the breast. Um and that's a choice that I didn't go down mm. in the end. Um, so, yeah. So it did take quite a lot of, of research. And in the end, I had like a hierarchy of um, needs, mm. I suppose. And one of them, which is a massive one, was comfort. Yeah. Um, is that I just wanted to feel comfortable in mm. bed. And that's that's kind of, that is achieved now. Yeah. So, and, and I'm sure most, you know, I'm sure everyone feels comfortable. But that was one of my... Yeah. Priorities. Um, you've worked with M and S. I have, and further went on to Loose Women. Yes. Talk to us about that. It was Ace. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, um, how did it all come about? 
Well, I'd, so I'd got my mummy one boob thing mm -hmm. and I was trying to find Fashion Targets Breast Cancer as the charity because I thought I wondered if there was something we could collaborate with. And I couldn't find any email, any phone number um, online. Mm. And so, but there was a physical address. So when we came down to London for my son's birthday one year, we just, I just popped in to the <laughs> office <laughs> and discovered that it's actually a part of breast cancer now or they share the same office. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know how they're, they're linked particularly. I'm actually going there tomorrow. That's another reason why I'm here. Um, so got in touch with breast cancer now, told them this is what I'm doing. And, um, I just wondered if there's any way we can, like, I also discussed kind of how I feel about body positivity and, you know, I think they're kind of, yeah, they were sort of kind of interested in what I was doing and we kept in touch. And then there was this kind of casting call came up for M&S. Um, and so I came down and, and kind of spoke with them had my measurements all taken and photographs taken and thanks we'll let you know mm. and uh yeah I got I got the gig and and I did it with um the seven of us who did our year um and it kind of looks it appears that every group of women who do the the campaign all become really quite close yeah uh, which is really, really lovely. Mm. Um, we're still in touch now. We have a little WhatsApp group. And, yeah. and But I know that the following, like they do it every other year. So then last year's one has also has oh, their own little WhatsApp yeah, group. And so, yeah, so it's a really lovely thing to be involved with. They treat us really, really well. We we were, yes, and spoiled. And Loose Women was just, it was part of their campaign, you oh. know. Um, so I was on there with, with Breast Cancer Now and Marks and Spencers um, during Breast Cancer Awareness Month 2017. And actually, that's kind of where all of this started, was me spouting off on Loose Women. <laughs> because I realised as I'd kind of come to the end of what I said on Loose Women, which was basically, we focus such a lot on what our bodies are not. Mm -hmm. And we don't spend any time considering what our bodies are, how they support us, mm -hmm. how we win, you know, battles and overcome everything and the skills that we have and the jobs that we can do and the children that we can create. And, yeah. and, we, and all of that boils down to how I look in a mirror mm -hmm. and, and that that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that's kind of my, what I said on Loose Women. And, um, and afterwards I just thought, well, I can't leave it at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that feels a little bit like, you know, I need to do... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do more on this. And so, yeah, that's where it all started. Thank you, Loose Women. <laughs> you got, uh... Did you get a big response from it? Um, yeah, I did actually. On the day, I got a lot of um, new Instagram followers and people commenting and saying thank you yeah. for what you yeah. said. And um, yeah, it was nice, actually. Do you have a percentage... Or a stat, <laughs> um, we love stats. or on. I don't know how to explain this. The percentage of women compared to men that suffer with body image um, issues. Uh, Ninety-one percent of women and forty percent of men. Uh, but that sometimes comes under. I sometimes say ninety percent of women and growing numbers of men yeah. because the men statistic hasn't been researched as yeah. rigorously. So statistics have to be taken with a pinch. Of yeah, yeah. No, I just wondered if there forward, was was research on it because, like you said earlier, the even with the mannequins, the difference between the men and the women. Mm. Um, so what women are portrayed, um, or the way women are meant to look, the way it's portrayed that women are meant to look in society mm -hmm. is complete is completely overriding how men should look oh, i yeah. think isn't it yeah yeah i mean although the the men like the male market is really really shifting and what you're seeing mm. as the male grooming market and the male kind yeah. of fashion market are kind of doing what they've done to women for decades are now doing to men um you're now seeing the body image issue spike so oh, it's, really it's quite interesting, interesting yeah. how you know kind of corporations are sort of opening kind of new new kind of consumer markets mm. but they're also kind of creating more anxiety <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I just something to be really mindful. I don't really think they realise they're doing it. Yeah. Um, because there's no one person that is answerable to it, is there? It's just kind of a mm. a wave Trend of watching. Yeah. Uh, what's your vision for the future of body image? Um, I would just love it to become um, a, a subject of just greater awareness and just greater consciousness around because um, I think there's so much that can be done, but it needs budgets. Yeah. So it's very much more expensive to shoot a diverse campaign mm, for yeah. a fashion brand or for, a, for any, any <laughs> brand. It's a lot more money to have um, a wider range of mannequins hundreds yeah. of pounds each for a single mannequin you know and if you want it bespoke in a certain you know shape then um a lot in terms of sample sizes to supply mm -hmm. magazines with larger sizes not just that costs money mm -hmm. so it's about companies committing to recognizing there's a problem and doing something we spoke to um a model last week who decided to stop doing catwalks because she she became so anxious about trying to get into the sample sizes that are on the catwalk. She said, there is absolutely no chance mm -hmm. I can get down to that size to fit mm -hmm. into the oh, sample right. sizes. The shoes as well. The shoes are too and big. the shoes are too mm -hmm. big so and stuff. Yeah. Down, down the, yeah. Down you want to fall over. Yeah, flippers. Flippers um, on, flippers. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and it's, it's true. It's kind of awareness always. And just being more mindful of... Yeah, world, I yeah. I mean, I think I think companies need to just throw some money at it to mm -hmm. actually do something uh, with integrity and meaningful. You know, putting an odd curve model in here or there is just kind of That's and tokenism. It's yeah, such it is. tokenism. It really is. But it's great that we're starting. You know, it's yeah. great that some some brands are starting. There's one, there's one on TV at the minute, and I don't, I can't tell you what what it is because it's uh, it's kind of a an obsolete um brand it's not it's not a, a wide fashion brand or anything but it's it looks so dated to me yeah. because it's only using thin mm. white models it just looks like it's come straight from the it's, 1990s um, and it's like a, very unrelatable in these, in these yeah yeah times. yeah and i've just had a word with uh can i mention george <laughs> yeah. georgia asda um, who've got a great, they've done a really good job of, um, in, you know, creating diversity by having a wheelchair user doing yeah. a ballad, ballet dance on their latest yeah. advert. But then as she's kind of dancing, the word skinny is coming up behind her. And so I'm just what? like, stop using the word skinny. Stop using the word slim. Stop all of this kind of mm. subliminal, not even subliminal, blatant kind of yeah. body shaming and, um, and, and thin pressure. Mm. That's not helping, mm. and and we need and like I would just wish we could kind of just just get rid of it. I went to the traffic centre with my daughter shopping. She's ten, a few weeks ago, and I saw the word skinny about nine different times mm. in different shops on different. Is that for the jeans fit? It could. It was jeans, but there was other things as well. But also, they're not skinny. No, they're, they're tight. tight. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not a. You know, if they were skinny, they'd be a human. Mm. <laughs> or or uh, they'd be alive mm. <laughs> or it's not a descriptive word for yeah. a tight pair of jeans you could still be very overweight in a pair of skinny jeans it's, yeah it's true I just, that's so true i just hate that they they've kind of if you like if you if you attach skinny to anything you know it yeah. makes it more skinny. well we do skinny latte skinny yeah. latte there's a skinny beer apparently as well Shouldn't be giving them press. Forget I said that. Skinny latte. Scratch that. <laughs> but yeah, I wish we could get rid of the word skinny. On that note, do you have an opinion on um, social media and do you think it's more negative or positive for body image? Really both. It's really both. And so you've got to be really the kind of creator, the curator of your own feeds because yeah. <laughs> you can either like nosedive into you know all of that thin messaging all of that kind of before and after photos and clean food and mm. um you know just photoshop nonsense mm. or you can really gain some incredible insights from some fascinating people 
Um, but it takes a bit of effort yeah. on on the individual's behalf. Mm. It's not something. If you've never considered curating your feed on your whatever social yeah. platform you're using, then you'll just be absorbing someone else's, yeah, you know what what everybody else wants you to see, yeah, as opposed to what would be healthy and what would be beneficial to you. Um, there's a side note that I have about body positivity on that score, um, and it's just to tread tread a little carefully mm. there. Um, body positivity isn't possible for everyone. I, I'm very mindful of not replacing one impossible standard with another yeah. impossible standard. Um, there's some really great messaging coming out of that movement, but there's also some really not that great messaging yeah. coming out as well. Um, yeah. So, but but there's just so many fantastic, you know, people to be following. Um, I I love Instagram, and you know mm. that's kind of. That's kind of my my go-to place. It's very true, though, because um, I, I, say, I think it was a few weeks ago, I just saw a picture that said, um, stop following anyone who makes you feel like shit. <laughs> and it's so true. Yeah. If you make your feed, uh, like if you create, curate your feed so that everything you're seeing is, is um, contributing to your growth or... Yeah, um, contributing to your healthy mental health. <laughs> yeah, or even um, just as relevant to you. I unfollowed yeah. someone today because she shared a picture of a child's nursery. She's like, I'm just five <laughs> seconds of my life. I'm never going to get back. Yeah. <laughs> and also, not feeling bad for for yeah, I do for, been, for unfollowing people that uh, yeah. no longer cleaning, serve your time. I've been cleaning yeah. my feed today. I got rid of so many people, mm. and. I still follow like 1,900. I want to unfollow Jeez. people. I already follow them. And I feel bad because I'm like, mm. all you do is post holiday photos and yourself. Do I really want to follow that? But you follow me, so I feel like a loyalty to Yeah, you. it's <laughs> tricky. It is tricky. Yeah, and I just think, oh, I just, want to I just want to follow like 10 people, really, if I was but what is it, bought yeah. down to it. Yeah, which yeah. is what the other day I said that uh, there's a few massive artists. I'm probably sure they don't control their own social media, but they just don't follow anyone. Yeah, I think sometimes that's why because they're purely using it as a tool. As a platform, yeah. And yeah, as a platform. And yeah, as, 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 as what used. it should be. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then you gain so much by following other people because yeah. you learn a lot. Yeah, it's true. You if you're following people. the right, if people. you're following the right people, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I once read one, wrote one that said, if someone unfollow everyone, and this is under the body positive banner, unfollow everyone that's giving health advice. Mm. And I was like. I won't mention that person because she's got quite a large account. Um, but and, and that's when I was like, ah, hang on a minute. There's something that's what I'm what I'm sad about is that the body positive um, movement isn't as positive as equal. Yeah, that not everybody is mm. allowed in that club. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, yeah. So so if you're healthy, then that. You're not allowed to be positive. Yeah. It's just, it's 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 a very nuanced issue, and um and, and and some people, you know, think completely the opposite, you know, and feel very much that everybody's involved, everybody's invited, mm. and let's have a lovely, big, body loving party. Do you think that's on, sometimes you know? because, so the people that aren't is because they still have insecurities about themselves. Um. I think it's it's not necessarily insecurities. It's years and years and years of programming. Yeah, the way they've been conditioned to. Yeah, yeah, the way that they that they see themselves. If if they always feel a failure at not being able to be positive, mm. then that's not helpful either. Yeah. The, the idea, the the ideal, I guess, in that instance is to be body neutral. Yeah, and to just not have an opinion, a, an emotion an, yeah, connected okay, to your yeah. body. Okay. So try and be. Yeah. Okay. Practical, functional. Mean. My body is this and that and the other. Is an ornament. No, the other way around. It's an instrument, not an <laughs> ornament. Scratch that. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's an instrument. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. I, I was on the train this morning. <laughs> oh yeah. My hair was stressing me out. Well, you're having a bad a hair day. Pardon? You're having a bad hair day. Yeah, well, I was, and on the train, I thought, no, no, I can sort this out. So I had, <laughs> at this moment, at this moment, right, I thought, I know what I can get. You know, you know, 
<laughs> do those those travel things of like clay. Like I'll get it out and. <laughs> I want, like, oh, it's tiny, back. isn't so it? Ran to boots, ran to the Waterloo toilets, looked in the mirror and sorted it out, and I was fine after. That. <laughs> but I thought, look, because I just I'm not insecure or anything, but I thought. But that, that was stressing me out. Do you know, it's a really interesting point. It's one that's come up a couple of times this week. So, um, hooray. Oh, it's tiny. It really is tiny. You can keep that in exactly. your bag. <laughs> <laughs> I was interviewing someone for our um, body image awareness training program. And um, I, was, I was talking to him over the phone, hands-free in my car, in between my daughter's gymnastics class and parents' evening last week. <laughs> and... <laughs> After we got off the phone, I said to my daughter, um, oh, what did you think of the conversation? Well, it had gone a bit like this. Um, I was interviewing Jay Sky, and he'd said... Um, Jay Sky, that's the guy that was on Nude Beach, right? Naked Beach, yeah. Naked Beach, right. And we were talking about doing retakes if, you know, we bumble our words or whatever, yeah. that kind of thing. And when I got off the phone, and I said, it's fine, we'll take as many retakes as we need because, yeah. you know, it's um, it's going to look great and... Ivan, our kind of um, filmmaker, is, you know, he does a great job. He makes us all look great and yeah. all the rest of it. And then at the end of it, my daughter said, I thought the whole point of it was that it doesn't matter how you look. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so touche. Yeah. But there's a difference between feeling like you look like uh, silly yeah, and feeling that you look like not thin enough. Yeah, Like nobody wants to feel like they look silly. Or like, so like Ivan was... Although I think sometimes uh, you shouldn't... I mean, there's moments, there's times for there's times for looking silly and times for like, yeah. you know. But what I mean is, if you're trying, like, you don't want to look like you're not who you you're trying to project. If you see what I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, if suddenly okay. my hair was like, I don't know, suddenly a kink or a wrong angle or whatever, like, body image doesn't have to be so. Um, kind of, um, what what's the word I'm looking for? Like rigid, yeah. that you're you're not allowed to, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, correct yeah. something yeah, that yeah. you don't want yeah, to look okay. that way or mm-hmm. whatever. And like I was kind of checking my lipstick in the camera when we were filming, and like I was yeah, like, this okay, is meant to be about body image. You're meant to accept your body no matter what. I'm like, <laughs> I still want to look my best yeah. when I'm on yeah. camera, yeah. <laughs> and that is allowed. Yeah. <laughs> Because I was trying to embrace it. It wasn't working. I know, I it's hard. It's hard. It's stressing out. But that, yeah, I suppose that was... Really I was watching an interview with Alicia Keys earlier. Because she, she went completely makeup free. Right. Um, because when she started out, she slapped on a hell of a lot of makeup. And then she just suddenly thought, I just don't even know what I look like without makeup. So she completely just doesn't wear makeup anymore. And she said it changed her life because mm. it made her actually look at herself rather than she says now she looks back at um the pictures she's got makeup on and she's like oh my god oh, yeah. <laughs> who is that um, <laughs> which is true and i've stopped wearing unless i'm going out i was about to say clubbing then i don't ever go clubbing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um for dinner um, i just or don't something. Well, yeah i just don't wear makeup on my face because and uh, but i'm now comfortable if a few years ago I would probably wouldn't have gone out with that, but now I'm like I don't need it. Yeah. It doesn't. It probably is ruining my skin to wear yeah. it as much as I was. Do you know I've just come up through the tube and um, there was this class of young girls oh coming God, up the other yeah. way, and I was like, oh look, there's twins, and I was like, no, hang on, there's four, five, <laughs> seven. No, they all they all look exactly the same. <laughs> like how how has this happened? And they do. They yeah. all look just the same. Uh, also it reminds me of when I was 14 at school I had absolutely no idea how to put makeup on I I wore (laughs) sparkly white eyeshadow which was revolting which I got pulled out of the canteen to scrub off (laughs) the the girls now I'm like I don't I I can't even do do my makeup now as good as that crazy (laughs) oh yeah okay this is this is the penultimate question Mm, and we we kind of we go through some journeys on the podcast, so we lighten it up at the end with a not so serious question. Oh, okay. This one and this one, I mean, they're normally would you rather. This is a would you rather actually, but it's not. It's not necessarily funny, but it's actually quite a thought-provoking question. One. Yeah, it's if you were reborn in a new life, would you rather be alive in the past or the future? Definitely. And why? Definitely the past. Yeah. Definitely like Dickensian, Ooh, like London. Yeah. yeah. Just I love a period drama. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. I think I, I said I came in, flopped down because I'm having not a great mental health day. I flopped down on the sofa and I said, oh, I wish I was in the twenties. <laughs> and then Mark the said, "We are in the twenties." <laughs> and I was like, "What? That's so true. <laughs> no. That's a bit weird." Yeah, that would be a bit Gatsby. I'm looking at it through rose-tinted glasses, aren't I? Really, the health and stuff. Probably I know. not the greatest. I always <laughs> think that <laughs> about not last very long. Yeah, but just the general. I I, I wonder what was Downton Abbey time. Yeah, I do wonder from Jesus from. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder from a point of view of you know how we have this propensity to perfect everything mm. and to airbrush everything. I wonder how it really was in kind yeah. of the the Victorian period or yeah. the twenties, yeah. for example, because I think we must put such a rose tinted hue on it, like you say. Yeah. I'd be fascinated to go there and just see yeah. how it's different. I yeah. know, I'd love to do that. Yeah, but I also I, I also wonder if people. People from the future, or it, it, I, I think sometimes about aliens. This is a silly. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a silly thing. This is where we've got to. <laughs> <laughs> I think about aliens coming and landing on this planet, and kind of looking around and going into like a travel a travel agent, and saying, you know, um, I'd like to go to the beautiful place. Like, can I can I just have some tickets to to go to the the place where all of the you know, I see all these pictures of this beautiful oh, yeah. place with the beautiful people. Like, can I go there? And like the, the, yeah, the, um, the travel agent just being like, um, uh, you could go to LA, <laughs> but it's not really. Yeah. So, so I, I'd be, I want to imagine that kind of people from the future or aliens, but people from the future <laughs> would be like a bit kind of bemused by how the world is now yeah. in terms of that ju- juxtaposition of reality and, and non-reality. Yeah. This, this goes back to, reminds me of talking to you the, the other week about, um, I said to George, moving planet. you do know that there is probably millions and millions of light years away another universe like this. And George went, stop, I can't yeah, take stop. it. It's too much. <laughs> 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 oh. We're talking to a friend who's from California but also works in Bali. Mm. And Bali is one of those places, isn't it? That everyone's like, I've mm. got to go to Bali. It's amazing oh, beaches, white sands. Part of it's like that, but the rest is like it's littered beaches, mm. poverty. It, yeah, it's not as glam as people make it out, but we're looking at through like Instagram posts and stuff, mm. um, which is super which interesting. Most, really. some of them you have to pay for. You have to pay to go on the swing to take the picture for the Instagram. Yeah, really. We went to Abu Dhabi last week Mm. and we visited the Grand Mosque and throughout the mosque there are signs (laughs) with the picture of (laughs) the next photo place. (laughs) Wow. Like, that's a shame. It was bizarre. It was bizarre. We took a few pictures and then I was literally like, like I don't want to take any more photos. Yourself. Exactly that. People walking from spot to spot and I thought oh my I felt it sick and there was yeah. it was making me feel really oh, there was yeah, a there was, was a couple that oh god and when you when you see them you know don't you and they're like really glammed up and everything and they just go and they do about 50,000 poses like they're on their own photo shoot yeah. not letting anyone else get any photos and by the end of that I was like I'm done I want to go now this is just making this is just too much yeah but um I said, does anybody actually come to this mosque to, to pray, pray. <laughs> to pray, <laughs> or just to take photos. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's bizarre. It, it was beautiful though. Beautiful place. Yeah. Um, if you were going to give one piece of advice to someone in any form, what would it be? <laughs> um, <laughs> work on your enoughness. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I am enough. Work on your enoughness. Nice in Wonderland, they have muchness, don't they? Yeah, but that's I like true. Enoughness. Eno- I love that. We're all mad here. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. all mad here. <laughs> How does that go? Does I that don't know. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I, like that. I remember the quote, but I love that quote. You're mad, I'm mad, we're all mad here. <laughs> <laughs> if people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? Um, bodyquality.com. Mm-hmm. On That's Instagram, bod with an e, yeah, yeah, bod. <laughs> it's the word bod. Mm. That isn't a word. It's three <laughs> letters. <laughs> bod, and then equality smushed together. Um, oh, yeah. So on Instagram as well, and the cancer nude is on Instagram. Yeah, 
cool. Cool. Thank you so much, Emmy. It's been very inspiring. It has, really yeah. Like thank it. you. I've loved it. Thank, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>